Before we get started today, just want to thank Everance Financial for supporting the Morning Agenda, empowering members to align their investments with their faith and values. Learn more at everance.com slash central pen. Securities offered through Concourse Financial Group Securities, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Well, want to know what Governor Josh Shapiro's spending priorities are? You've come to the right place, my friend. Welcome to The Morning Agenda, WITF's daily news podcast, where the only agenda is you. A good morning to you. It is Wednesday, February 7th, and this is being recorded at 9.13 a.m. I'm your host, Tim Lambert, as we take this daily trip around the region's top stories together. Governor Josh Shapiro is asking for a $48 billion state spending plan for his second year in office. That's about $3 billion more than the current fiscal year. But Shapiro says lawmakers don't need to raise taxes. They instead can tap into an unusually large surplus and still have money left over. My colleague Ben Wasserstein kicks off a recap of the governor's budget address. Shapiro's first budget resulted in months of partisan squabbling, mostly over a $100 million school voucher proposal. Republicans supported it. Democrats did not, and the budget was not finalized until nearly six months after its deadline and without the voucher program. Shapiro is not seeking school vouchers in this year's plan, but the parties are still lining up to disagree about aspects of his budget. Senate President Pro Tem Kim Ward of Westmoreland County says Shapiro didn't address issues relating to families. We didn't hear what is affecting our families right now, families sitting at home right now. Increased utilities, increased food costs, increased gas prices. On the other side, Democrats are celebrating. House Appropriations Chair Jordan Harris of Philadelphia says the budget will bring the state into the future. This budget rights the wrongs of our past, puts us on the pathway to make the significant and targeted investments that we know can move Pennsylvania forward. Pennsylvania's legislature is divided, with the Democrats controlling the House and the Republicans controlling the Senate. The House majority could change, however, as the Democrats need to fill a seat left vacant by the resignation of Representative John Galloway of Bucks County. If the Democrats lose that seat, moving the budget could go faster, but some of Shapiro's desires could go unfunded. If they win, negotiations could be similar to the 2023-2024 to budget. This year's address saw many Democratic priorities, such as raising the minimum wage and legalizing marijuana. With more details on Shapiro's education funding plan, here's WESA's Oliver Morrison. 364 days ago, a Commonwealth court ruled that funding for schools in Pennsylvania was both insufficient and unfair. So over the past year, Shapiro says, a commission has been looking into how Pennsylvania can live up to its promises to its students. Last month, the commission produced a report recommending that funding should be increased by more than $5 billion over the next seven years. And now, following the general contours of that report, My budget invests $1.1 billion in new funding this year for our schools. Shapiro's budget would provide additional funding for other key priorities, including school building repairs, student mental health services, and special education programming. He also proposed capping payments to cyber charter schools at $8,000 per student per year. Right now, Shapiro says, cyber schools can receive much more than it costs to educate students without a building. Logic would dictate that two students going to the same school, getting the same education, would pay the same rate. Logic would also dictate that they need less than a brick-and-mortar charter school simply because they don't have the same physical infrastructure. He says this will save school districts a quarter billion dollars. Shapiro also had new ideas for higher education funding. WPSU's Ann Danahy has more. 
Governor Shapiro sketched out major changes for funding and running colleges and universities in Pennsylvania that he said will be focused on outcomes. After 30 years of disinvestment, too many of our colleges and universities are running on empty and not enough students have affordable pathways through college and then into good jobs. Shapiro is proposing a new system that would unite Pennsylvania's PASHI or state schools and community colleges. He wants to increase their funding by 15%. He also wants to boost funding for the state-relateds, Penn State, Pitt, Temple, and Lincoln by 5%. And he called for changing the General Assembly's process for approving the state-relateds funding from the two-thirds vote now needed to a simple majority. Working together with members of the General Assembly and higher ed leaders, we'll create a predictable, transparent, outcome-based funding system that will apply to schools in this new system and our state related. Those outcomes could include increasing first-generation college students and ensuring more students stay in Pennsylvania after graduating. Shapiro said once the new system for the state schools is in place, he would ask the General Assembly for more funding so no family making the median income or less would pay more than $1,000 a semester. With more details on Shapiro's proposal for funding transportation, here's Corey Sharber. Governor Josh Shapiro said Tuesday his administration is prepared to increase funding for SEPTA by $160 million. He wants to increase the sales tax by 1.75%, generating nearly $1.5 billion over five years for Pennsylvania's transit systems. It comes as Shapiro has been facing increasing calls from communities to increase funding to Philadelphia's transit system as it faces a $240 million shortfall. If funding cannot be secured, SEPTA CEO has said service could be cut by 20 percent and fares raised by as much as 30 percent. Based on our discussions with SEPTA, if you adopt my proposal, they will not cut service or raise fares, and they will have a concrete plan for a cleaner, safer public transit system that creates economic opportunity in southeastern Pennsylvania. It also includes roughly $40 million more for PRT in Allegheny County this year and an extra $6 million for Lanta in Lehigh and Northampton counties. The proposal will likely face an uphill battle in the tightly divided Pennsylvania legislature. A similar proposal did not make it into the state budget signed by Shapiro in December. In Philadelphia, I'm Corey Sharber. I'm Isabella Weiss, reporting from Pittston. Shapiro's budget is allotting $600 million to the state's first economic strategic plan in nearly 20 years. He's putting most of that funding into PA sites. It's an economic development program launched last year. The demand is there. The business community is ready. And other states are already doing it. It's time we catch up. That's why I'm proposing a major new investment where we will bond a half a billion dollars to develop sites. Underdeveloped or vacant areas will be made ready for commercial construction through the program. And besides that, Shapiro adds that his new plan puts agriculture at the forefront of Pennsylvania's industry. I want to help more farmers upgrade their equipment and take advantage of the latest technology through our Ag Innovation Fund. There's real innovation happening all across our Commonwealth, especially on our farms. If passed, the budget will invest over $10 million into that fund. However, while Shapiro says agriculture is one of Pennsylvania's top priorities, he didn't mention the state's farm bill in his address. The state's bill hinges on the nation's farm bill, which Congress failed to pass in 2023. 
How cool is that to draw on reporting power from across the state with our public media pals? So that was WBIA's Isabella Weiss. You also heard from WHYY's Corey Sharber, WPSU's Ann Danahy, WESA's Oliver Morrison, and our own Ben Wasserstein. Now, mentioned in there just briefly was the governor's plan to renew a push for a $15 an hour minimum wage in the state. Kristen Mossbrucker-Garza is with our friends at WHYY in Philadelphia and breaks this down a little bit more. Governor Shapiro says Pennsylvania is behind on minimum wage compared to surrounding states like New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, and New York. Our minimum wage has been stuck at $7.25 an hour for 15 years. Now, in 2020, the state estimated 74,000 workers earned minimum wage or less, and hundreds of thousands more earned less than $12 an hour. Senate Republicans have long blocked previous measures, arguing increased wages could hurt small business owners. But Representative Justin Fleming, a Democrat from Dauphin County, says there's enough in the budget to offset any hardships for businesses. And speaking of Republicans, they have a few thoughts of their own on the state's spending priorities offered up by the governor. And we'll stay with our pals at WHYY. This time, it's Carmen Russell Slichansky with the details. Republican leaders in the House were less than impressed by the governor's announcement, calling the budget a child's Christmas list. Here's Republican whip Tim O'Neill, who represents Washington County. This is simply a tax and spend agenda that brings California politics to Pennsylvania. Governor Newsom and Joe Biden would surely be proud. Republican members took turns at a news conference shortly after the governor's address, criticizing the proposal, particularly targeting its spending. Never fear, there are other stories besides the budget proposal to talk about this morning, and here they are. A conservative group and its former leader are taking the unusual step of publicly acknowledging that claims of ballot mishandling at an Erie post office in 2020 were wrong. The statements from Project Veritas and founder James O'Keefe came as a lawsuit filed against them by a postmaster in the city was settled. The group had produced videos based on claims from a postal worker who said he had overheard a conversation about illegally backdating mail-in presidential ballots. The worker now says he was wrong. Project Veritas and O'Keefe now now say they are not aware of any evidence or any other allegation of election fraud in Erie during the 2020 election. Now, Pennsylvania had been a key target for unfounded claims of election fraud by former President Donald Trump and his supporters after he lost the election to Democrat Joe Biden. A proposed $2.3 billion hydroelectric dam in York County is back on the table. The York Dispatch reports it's received preliminary approval from the U.S. Federal Regulatory Energy Commission, known as FERC. The project had been previously denied by FERC due to application deficiencies last year. The dam would be located on 1,000 acres along the Susquehanna River in Chansford Township. Now, the next step for the project by developer York Energy Storage would be a potentially four-year-long process of reviewing any potential impacts on the region. The plan drew significant opposition from elected leaders, environmental groups, and people who live in the area due to its proximity to several nature preserves and potential disruptions to the flow of the Susquehanna River. And a Lancaster City police dog has logged his final shift as he works to overcome a case of recurring cancer. Our sister newsroom, LNP Lancaster Online, reports the Lancaster City Police Department has announced Canine Zoltan's retirement. Zoltan's final shift with the department was Monday with B-Platoon. The nine-year-old Hungarian-German Shepherd has been battling B-cell lymphoma since the beginning of 2023. It went into remission last May, but by September, the cancer had returned. 
Now, dogs diagnosed with B-cell lymphoma typically live four to six weeks, but with chemotherapy, they stand a good chance of going into remission. Just want to remind you now, as we wind down today's edition of The Morning Agenda, that we are available anywhere you find your favorite podcast on WITF's YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to, and you can also find us on the NPR One app. And be sure to check out our monthly Spotify playlist. It's called The Morning Agenda Song of the Day, February 2024, and today we go all the way back to the Beastie Boys' first album for my song of the day, Slow and Low. A big thanks to Everance Financial for supporting The Morning Agenda, empowering members to align their investments with their faith and values. Learn more at everance.com slash centralpen. Securities offered through Concourse Financial Group Securities, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. And that is going to do it for The Morning Agenda. It's a daily news podcast from WITF, where the only agenda is you. I'm your host, Tim Lambert. Thank you so much for listening today. Your company is always appreciated. So be well, enjoy the rest of this day, and we'll talk again tomorrow.